So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay here. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello, and welcome to the Reeton Entertainment Podcast. My name is Nathan Reeton Spruth, and I fucked up the intro. Uh, this is episode 329 for December 19th, 2021. Connor. Connor's here. I'm here. And we have uh, Aroa. I'm here. I never call Aroa by his real name. Like, it's it's weird. Like, of course, I'm We talk host. about it, like, every third episode. Yeah. I am your host, Nathan Reed Spruth, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Connor, where can we find you? You can find me and Aroa and yourself at aroa.website. One of those links I want to bring your attention to is the link for Clinton's Core Classics, a Rise of the Rune Lords first edition actual play podcast. Check it out. Buy a Manscaped product with the code RUNELORD, R-U-N-E-L-O-R-D, at checkout. Yeah. You'll get uh, free shipping, 10% off. 20% and, off. Uh, 20% off, I mean. And we might make some money. Eventually. Yeah. Uh, you know, figure it money. out. Yes, we need to have money. Anyway, you can find me, Nathan Reen Spruth, everywhere at Reeton. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all those places. Uh, we'll talk about something later, but uh, you'll want to go to iTunes and Spotify. Those are the main places to find the podcast, Reeton Podcast. And... We're on Amazon as well. Uh, we'll talk about the, the big stuff that just happened with Spotify later. But, uh, Aroa, what games have you played this week? Well, uh, you know, I played games, I guess. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I was just... I, was, I just discovered that Toilet Flushing Simulator exists, and it has a workshop, and I was just really fascinated by this information um i played uh i played a couple of hours of shin megami tensei 5 why of all games yeah yeah i know i know me um i i happened upon a couple of lore videos and i was like huh this sounds really fucking cool i kind of want to experience this and so i uh I began the process of trying to trudge through the uh the gameplay and like it's it's funny because like if the whole game maybe or, or at least like more of the game was built around the conversation mechanic I'd probably enjoy it more cuz like as far as the normal combat's concerned it just feels like I'm playing Pokemon uh but whenever I go to recruit a new demon, like that's probably my favorite part of the game so far because the writing is so on point. Yeah, uh, the it's 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 really like Pokemon, except for once you get a few hours in, they're just like, oh, by the way, uh, this is way harder than Pokemon, or yeah, most RPGs. I I am playing on casual because I was like, you know, I don't want to have to try. I already don't like this genre very much, so. Uh, I, I'm not playing on, there's a DLC difficulty that is lower than casual and I'm not on that, uh, because that yes. I'm assuming 
I'm assuming that's like if you play through Mario RPG on uh, with with like a game genie and you just walk in everything and it dies instantly. Um, so I don't want that. Like I want to at least because because like the the whole like recruiting demons and combining them together and what or whatever, like all of that is kind of a main chunk of the game, and I don't want to I don't want to just blow over that. Yeah, but, it's it's yeah, it's pretty cool. I like the Shin Megami Tensei games, but I uh, I've never beaten a Shin Megami Tensei game. I have beaten a couple Persona games, but they're not exactly the same. And yeah, I've... they're they're possibly the same universe, but that's like kind of the extent. I'm pretty sure they are the same universe. They're within the same realm, but they're not. Yeah, it's they're weird. They're different because the way that they they interact. But we can talk about that at some other point. Did you play any other games? Um, I've been trying to get uh other people, my family, to play Gary's Mod because I have a Gary's Mod server up and going, and I'm in I'm in messing around with that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on the workshop, uh, like collections that uh contain a lot of really old stuff that hasn't been updated in like four years and it's broken so that's been fun to deal with um as is getting somebody to install the game along with all the other prerequisites that you need alongside gary's mod because it's still a thing for some reason that you need to own counter-strike to get all the counter-strike assets in with the game and yeah. so to work around that you have to download the dedicated server for counter-strike and man it is just it is a it is a process um, well and, and you said last that. you said last week you made a, a bat file for that or something yeah and so i i did that and then come to find out, well, you also need to get Half-Life to episode one and two. I was like, okay, well, how hard could that possibly be? Turns out it's even more of a pain in the ass because uh, you can't download those anonymously. You have to have a Steam account. Yeah. So I had to make a new Steam account and log into the Steam account as part of the script. And so I had to turn off a Steam Guard because it comes on by default now and sends a code to your email address. So I had to do that too, so that I could send the script to other people to let them do all this. But yeah, uh, by the end of all of it, now this uh, previously like eight gig install is, is a uh, 20 gig install. So that's, that's great. Fun. Um, I can't wait for sandbox to come out because that will just make everything a lot easier. And if you don't know what that is, that is the game that Gary Newman, that the Gary and Gary's mod has been working on for a while that is in Source 2 that is going to eventually probably supersede Gary's mod because it's just, it's it's probably going to be the PC version of, of like Dreams on the PS4. But see. even more in depth because you can just straight up do C-sharp coding in it. So... Uh, so yeah. you you played Shin Megami Tensei Five and you tried to play Gary's mod. Uh, 
Basically. Basically. Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, Is that everything you did this week? I'm assuming you got some mobile games and and all that and cookie clicker and all that stuff in. Well, always. Uh, I did. I did uh, participate in Community Day in Pokemon Go and Pikmin Bloom yesterday. Oh right. Uh, that was that was pretty fun. Uh, I caught like three shinies in one day. Uh, yeah, you know. Good. Those those, those games are those games are still fun. Yes, they are. Uh, well, Pikmin like just came out, and that one's less fun and more cathartic. I think I see uh, it's it's just satisfying because you walk around and you see the flowers grow and like that's most of the interaction that that game has. It's very hands off. Cool. We're going to move on. We're going to talk about uh, what Cyberpunk Monk has done this week. What games have you played, my friend? I played Fix My Computer. Oh, what was that wrong was with one. your computer? Uh, I'm still not 100% sure. First, I thought I had a bad disk. Then what I think it is right now is the Windows boot controller. Just, I I don't even know what happened to it. I tried repairing that and that didn't work. So I had to do a clean install of Windows, which means I spent the week mostly reinstalling applications. Uh, let's see. I played a little bit of... I'll tell you what. Um, for future reference, uh, you might consider using a package manager like chocolatey uh for a lot of your your applications because that will make switching to another system very very easy i'm familiar with chocolatey and there's you know the, there's application managers out there that are already handy I, I got everything that i need for the most part i still need like my ide reinstalled which between you guys and me i think that might have been it I was messing with system variables like three weeks ago because the uh, IDE wasn't compiling properly. And yeah, I probably did it to myself. Yeah. Don't you hate that? Good job. Um, so how was fixing your, com- so fixing your computer simulator, uh, not a great, the, not a great one. I don't recommend it, especially not when you play fixing computer simulator for a living. It's a yeah. lot of fixing computers at work than fixing computers at home and then crying yourself to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I did manage to play a little bit of Pavlov. They added a push mode, which is like, you know, Battlefield style push, get the objectives and you could choose a class. And that should be great. However, they're only opening it up to community servers right now, which means you're playing with like 30 to 60 people and it's just a laggy mess. Oh, I see. I see. What I have been doing in Pavlov that's been fantastic is playing the hidden. Uh, and you could play that on, it's just like a game mode. You could select it and play it with any map. So, for example, we were playing that on that Black Ops 2 map where you're on a ship. It's really oh. fun being able to just jump around the map while people are looking for you. Like, ridiculously fun. Uh, we played the bunker map from uh, Goldeneye, the, the one that's like underground bunker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also ridiculously fun. It's it's a fun time, Oroho. I haven't you played with me yet. The the great uh, I haven't played VR at all. The, the great and thing I hate of, for it. Yeah, the, the the great thing about being uh about me playing VR if I were to play the Goldeneye maps is I would just immediately be odd job. <laughs> right. You have no say <laughs> in the matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, funny because he's a he's a small boy. Yeah, I'm short. That's that's the joke, is I'm short. Uh, did you play anything else? Did you actually play anything on your Switch or? Yeah, um, I, I played that Chim Pokemon, that brilliant diamond. I 
I haven't been playing it a whole lot. I'm mostly just trying to get the gym so I could put it down. There's this game called Felseal, which I picked up for Switch. I haven't played it yet, but I guess it's just like Final Fantasy Tactics. So I'm hella excited to play that. But if I start a new game without Pokemon being finished, my Switch might blow up. I don't have any oh. evidence to support that statement, but I don't want to risk it. You know? No, I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Yeah. If you if you don't finish Pokemon, uh, your Switch just uh, combusts. Any game, then, really. It's not just Pokemon. I, I must. Yeah. Uh, I, Nathan Rain Spruth, uh, played oh, lots I, of... I got one more, though. Oh, you got one more? Okay. I, I got a fun one. Uh, I was playing the Spaceman Simulator, and we're still in the middle of a gray tide, so I haven't been playing it much. Uh, one of my objectives was to finish the round with meth in my system, so I was like, okay, I can make meth in, like, five minutes, no problem. While I was in the lab, someone was like, hey, uh, this is my first day here. I don't really know what I'm doing. Can you teach me, like, the basics? And I was like... Tell you what, I'll teach you how to make meth. Take notes. <laughs> uh, after like 20 minutes, I got a message in the local out of context chat that's like, I'm cracking up. My mother's cracking up. Thank you for showing me a great time. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're like, hi, I'm Walter White. And here's how we make meth um, in a game. You, you say you want to learn the basics of chemistry. Here, put on this gas mask. <laughs> <laughs> and full body suit. You're probably going to need that. He, uh, he took off his mask while we were making it and passed off. And like right before he passes out, it's like, oh, dude, you're going to want to leave that on. Hits the floor. I was like, yep. <laughs> Are you able to put the mask onto him? Yes, I was able. To. Okay. I, I dragged him to med bay. He, I, I don't think he would have died, but there's a lot of nasty chemicals in meth. You don't want to breathe that stuff in. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, so that's fun. And that, what yeah, game was, was that uh, again? Muriatic acid. Uh uh, yeah, I, I could go over that, but I think there are better places to do that than the Root Entertainment podcast. That is yeah, Space let's... Station 13. Yeah. yeah the let's the not... video game where you fart in space. Let's not uh, tell people how to make meth on my, my podcast that's on iTunes, please. It's it's super uh, easy. <laughs> uh, so anyway. We, we've uh, done it so many times. And, we're going to put it into gonna... bags and throw it into the back of a truck. We're going to move on and talk about what Reeton played this week. I played some... Some Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. That was fun. Uh, I'm trying to beat the game. Was it? It is. It is a fun game. Uh, it's just very long. <laughs> it's it. You ever play Pathfinder? Uh, it's like that, where it just takes forever to do stuff. Um, if you were not like me, it might go quicker. There, there are two different types of combat. There's the turn-based combat, which is more like the tabletop game. And then there is the Baldur's Gate style combat, where it's kind of kind of real time. You can pause it and give characters orders, but it's it's more real time. Um, and I always do the turn based because I I think that just feels better to to have it laid out like that and not have the real time combat, which is kind of janky. But uh, it does make it does extend the game a little bit when you're doing the turn based combat. Uh, but it is fun. I like it. I've been doing that Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Reeton or, or uh, my 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 Twitch, which is uh, twitch.tv forward slash Reeton. And then I played some some Halo on Monday and Friday. And uh, Friday I did really fucking well, like way better than I normally do. Um, so on one game I got thirty two kills and seven deaths. Uh, and that was general, that was the, the theme of the night is I just destroyed. So I got 
32 kills, 7 deaths. 22 kills, 7 deaths. 30 kills, 7 deaths. Um, 28 kills and 2 deaths. 17 kills and 3 deaths. 25 kills and 8 deaths. And 30 kills and 9 deaths. Uh, so I, I was doing really well. Uh, or I was playing cleanup a lot. Uh, you you can't tell me which one is which. And on one of them, I was doing really well again. Uh, I had 16 kill and one death, but the uh, uh, the the game crashed halfway through the the game, and I was very mad. I was very very mad that that crashed because I was doing very well. Um, so I've been playing that Mondays and Fridays at 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time. Twitch.tv forward slash Reeton. Uh, come come join. Watch us watch us play some Halo. I'm still trying to get Aroa to download it, uh, which for some it's reason like 800 gigs. It is 25 gigs. It's like 900 gigs. You just spoke about how Gary's mod is over 20 gigs now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could just you could not play Gary's mod and play I'm Halo with me. Way more mileage. I'm gonna get way more mileage out of Gary's mod. I, I, I am Halo. Okay. Now, now, if you said 900 gigs for like Age of Empires 4, you might be right, but not Halo. Although it may, to be fair, it may have increased in size because they have uh, released the campaign without co-op. Although I guess I, it's not one of the stories that we're going to talk about this week, but they decided that uh, somebody was going to try to figure out how to do couch co-op on Halo Infinite, but, and they were able to get it to work. Yeah, I was I, like, I, I saw an article that was like, "Yeah, you can, you can do it if you like exploit something or whatever." Yeah, you can make it work. Right. Uh, and then uh, last night, I had a friend who was playing some Unreal Tournament, uh, the 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 new quote newer newish one, the one that was discontinued in 2017 because Epic was like, "Hey." Fortnite is making us a bajillion dollars. Fuck Unreal Tournament. And uh, so they haven't done any work on it since 2017. Uh, but my friend was playing that, so I, I hopped in on the server. And you know how I did really well in Halo? Apparently that does not transfer over to Unreal Tournament because I was fucking no. terrible. Uh, uh, was absolutely awful. Yeah. Um. The Halo does a lot more like there's a lot more jumping and uh and Unreal Tournament there's a lot more side to side movement I've noticed and yeah, it's just it's it, faster paced it's way faster yeah. paced um, all all shooters that try to be like Unreal are built around moving left and right constantly yeah and uh Halo's a lot it's quite a bit slower and I I like Halo more, but uh, my friend was playing it. So my fr friend was playing Unreal Tournament. Pronouns, pal. And uh, Nathan brain don't work fast enough. It does. It does work fast enough. Screw you. And so I I wasn't I wasn't good at it. I wasn't wasn't very good at it. But that's okay because I did really well in Halo. So that made me feel good. We're gonna move on and talk about some uh, news stories. What news stories are we going to talk about today? We'll talk about Spotify first, since I, I alluded to that earlier. Good news, everybody. You can now rate podcasts on Spotify. I don't think you wow. can do it yet. Um, 
Oh, maybe not. Wait, like uh, like Apple, Spotify. To... No, it says. Uh, well, okay, I'm, we're gonna talk about it, but it says like Apple, Spotify yeah, will now can't. let you rate podcasts. While the ratings won't influence how the shows rank alphabetically, or out. Al- I'm sorry, algorithmically. Sorry, I was rubbing my eye and read it wrong. Uh, Spotify says they'll give creators a big picture view of how they're doing. Um, this is from Gizmodo, similar to the system Apple has used for its own podcast app. Spotify announced on Thursday plans to begin rolling out a five-star rating system for its podcast in order to make content more discoverable for potential listeners. In a blog post, but they said it won't. They said it won't influence how the shows rank algorithmically. But then it says. Uh, in order to make content more discoverable for potential listeners, it's mixed well, messages like there. It'll, because it'll it'll like show the overall quality of the podcast. I guess to yeah. Someone who sees it. Uh, in a blog post, Spotify wrote that the decision to enable user-generated ratings on more than 3.2 million podcasts minus rate and entertainment. I don't know why that's in there. Uh, the platform host is designed to give listeners an opportunity to, so, to support their favorite podcast shows and enable a two-way feedback loop between creator and listener. Um, let's see. Does it say when it's going to be released? If you've ever used Apple Podcasts, you've likely... You likely already know the drill. Listeners will be able to use a star system to rank their favorite shows on a scale of 1 to 5, which will be compiled into an average rating that will be publicly displayed on the show's Spotify page, along with the total number of ratings the show has received. While many podcasters swear that positive reviews make or break a show's popularity with would-be influencers, Apple points out on a webpage for podcasters that reviews can be helpful to listeners as they explore new podcasts but do not influence charting. That is bullshit. Uh, One big difference between Spotify and Apple's approach to podcast ratings is that Spotify won't won't be able to leave written reviews for shows they love. So you're only going to be able to rate it one to five stars, but you will not be able to write a review. Yeah, it's like Netflix. Yeah. Um, The decision, blah, 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 blah. If you think over the next 10 years for certain, blah, blah, blah. It'll Once roll that out. Radio out. is going to collapse. Blah blah blah. They yeah. already knew that. Radio's the, been dead for a fucking decade already. Yeah, it has. The new ratings feature is set to roll out to users over the coming days, and Spotify will says it will be available in nearly all markets where podcasts are available on Spotify. So, all right. So this is all cool. Does anybody actually use podcasts on Spotify? Because I don't. I, I do exclusively do podcasts on Spotify. Yeah, really? Yeah, it's Ever great. Since Google Play stopped doing it, I, oh yeah, I guess that is a thing. Yeah. Okay. So what what do we have? We have Spotify. Uh, this works okay. I like Spotify. I have a subscription. Why not? Uh, there's iTunes. I don't have an iPhone. Um. So where I else am I going to listen? The, that's the real factor, right? Yeah. I didn't consider um, that like. I, I so I guess the the other question then, or the follow up question is if you have an iPhone, if why you have would an iPhone, you ever use Spotify yeah, yeah. if you have an iPhone, use iTunes. That's that's fair. Yeah, but that's like all I've ever used on my iPhone is the podcasts app. Yeah, because it's just an app that only does podcasts. What I would really appreciate from Spotify is an option to turn off 
the podcasts feature because I'm never going to use it ever. They right. only take up space on my homepage and they only clog up my search results. I don't care. So I really don't care about these podcasts that are just OSTs that people have uploaded in the format of podcasts because they don't do any actual vetting on the content of the podcasts that get uploaded to their platform. Oh, that's neat. I mean, not yeah. great, but it's, it's funny. Uh, I can understand that that mentality, but yeah, there there are quite a few people I would assume that listen to podcasts on Spotify. I would assume that it would be the second biggest market for listening to podcasts. Because do how have, does, how does Spotify monetize this anyway? Like, I guess is it just that like they don't have to pay license fees? So, like, the more time people spend listening to podcasts, the less money that they have to spend on music licensing? Is that is that why they're investing so much in this? Maybe. I mean, just getting more people on your platform is going to be a good thing, right? Not necessarily if people are just doing free stuff, but I could see that because I pay for Spotify. Um, yeah, so and, do but I. I. But I don't know how the podcast works. If every 20 minutes, do they have a Spotify ad? If it's on the free, the free version? Hmm. Uh, I, I listen it. without a subscription and I do have ads in my podcast, but it, it sounds like it's uh, like cooked into the podcast. That's usually like, what, like, I'm not well, like, yeah, like maybe I, whenever they upload, they can like put an ad break like marker. No, no, no. Like. Like how with uh with Rise of the Rune Lords we have uh we have our Manscaped ad, right? <laughs> I'm the uh, ones that were sponsored. I'm saying I think you can dynamically do that, and I think that's what Aro was saying. Yeah, that might be it. I'm I'm not sure. I have heard uh, that in uh in some stuff that are that's on Apple Podcasts, where like it's very obviously not something that was produced by the podcast creator, and it just kind of cuts in. And I think that was done by like their podcast platform, kind of like how we use Omni Studio. See, I thought that was. I see. I thought that was, and and we might need to do more research on this. But I went like I listened to, uh, a couple podcasts, and they have quite a few sponsors. Kind of like Linus Tech Tips always has like two sponsors for the videos, and they have really you know bad segues to those sponsors. Um, but like they'll be like, oh yeah, do this one. And then, like, halfway through, they'll just have, like, a baked-in one that I believe what happens is that company is like, hey, we'll send you an audio file. Just put it somewhere in your podcast. I don't think it's done by Spotify. I think it's done by the podcast creators themselves. Well, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that, that was what I was talking about. It was, like, okay. whatever whatever syndication platform you're putting your podcast onto. Uh, a lot of those have a way of like you, you just mark where the sponsored content's supposed to go and then yeah. it'll automatically insert that. That makes sense. Hopefully, uh, hopefully one day we'll be big enough to have sponsored ads like that, but probably not. Not bloody likely. Not likely. Uh, so not at this rate. Uh, yeah, rate, rate. If you're listening on Spotify, rate it five stars if you can. Rate, rate our podcast five stars. That way we can get more listeners. 
because uh, they'll, they'll look at it and they'll be like, hey, man, this this guy's got one five-star review. And then we'll we'll get more more listeners, maybe. I don't know. There's some fucking, like, conspiratorial, like, they're listening to everything I do kind of shit going on, though, with, with yeah. Spotify. Because, like, there are multiple podcasts that it recommends to me that are from, like, YouTubers that I've watched. And I have never searched for them on Spotify. Yeah. So like they're they're getting this data from somewhere. I I bet uh, probably that, that scares me. Because like it's, it's like the, the 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 first the first suggested podcast is the Wayne Radio TV podcast, and like one I haven't watched him in in quite a while because mostly he just does streams anyway now. But like also I've never looked up anything even even moderately related to that name why is it recommending me that i don't why is know, it recommending like... me scp stuff I don't know, I, it, what's where's spotify getting this data i don't like it i'm sorry i don't know we're gonna move on and we're gonna talk about one of our least favorite companies LastPass, and log me in i was gonna say like <laughs> we're talking about like three different companies i think on here that we don't like so that's true which uh, one you were segmenting into another one from gizmodo big changes are coming to LastPass, but not its prices um <laughs> last pass a popular password management service which we've spoken about before you shouldn't use it it's bad uh is spinning off from its parent company log okay it's not bad but I... anyway uh spinning off from its parent company log me in and has announced new features to entice users away from competing passwords managers uh, in its official announcement, LastPass was light on the details about a new about new tools. Though, uh, said it plans to roll them out at a much faster pace in 2022 than in previous years. The list of new features includes faster, seamless password filling, along with an improved, delightful mobile app. For its corporate customers, uh, LastPass plans to bring in more third-party integrations. It will also beef up beef up its support channels and revamp its website uh they say don't worry log me in president ceo bill wagner wrote there are no changes to your account or data in your vault i would i would fucking hope so <laughs> sorry uh we uh we wiped the servers everybody so all of your passwords are gone um Wagner said that the company is directly investing in improving its offerings based on previous customer feedback does that mean you're going to allow us to use a PC and mobile at the same time on a free account again? Probably no. not. No, they've said no. Yeah. Yeah. They specifically Last... said no. Right. LastPass has ruffled customer feathers earlier this year when it announced a reconfiguration of its free tier. Free users can only use one device at a time as a dedicated password vault which means you can't protect your data from both your smartphone and computer. You can only choose one. LastPass is undoubtedly working on enticing player, uh, players, <laughs> people back over to the new features, but a company spokesman uh, told The Verge that there are no plans to change its pricing, which might prove like a tough sell to customers. As more online accounts uh, migrate towards using single sign-on and multi-factor authentication, LastPass will have to figure out how to differentiate itself and make its service worthy of the subscription. 
I use Bitwarden and it works great. What do you guys use? Malwarebytes and uh, Windows Defender. I mean, for your password manager, that, is that that's what? <laughs> he hasn't oh, been listening. Definitely was not just uh, reading an article about those. My bad. <laughs> so, what password do you do? You use a password manager, or do you just use the Chrome built-in unsecured password manager? So this is this is really bad. I I don't do anything like that yet. Like I I haven't been using oh. the same password for everything because it's not 1990. So like I I feel confident if one of my accounts gets compromised on any one thing, I'm not totally screwed. But I'm not using like randomly generated passwords yet. I I know that's bad. Mm, that's a bad card. I know that's bad. bad. So what you should do, and and you need to use two factor for everything you can. That's, that's uh, yeah. yeah. Um, what about don't you? Don't use what? Google Authenticator for that. No. Are you using Google Authenticator? Because don't do that. No. I I do. It's bad. Why? At least it used to be. Ah. You can't export them. Yeah, you can. Okay. Did they change that? Because that yeah. used to be like my main, my the main, like killing thing for for Google Authenticator for me was that like you can put stuff in there, but there's no syncing, and you can't get the secrets back out. Yeah, it's so like, okay, well, it's, I guess if my phone explodes, then I'm fucked. Yeah, it's not amazing, but you can export it. I, uh, I, I have upgraded. Remember, I upgraded my phone from the Pixel Four A to the Pixel Six, and yeah. uh, I was able to export them to my new phone. Do you have to, like? Is it just a thing in the app, or did you have to do? Some it's a thing in the Black app. Magic. It's a thing okay. in the app. Uh, okay. So let me let me just. It, it creates a QR code. Um, so if you press the three dots and you say transfer accounts and you export accounts, which creates a QR code to export your accounts. It doesn't like, it won't let you export a file or like see the secret. Okay. See that? I don't like that. I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to be trapped inside the Google authenticator ecosystem. I want to be able to take my shit wherever I want. I wonder uh, I wonder if you can use that QR code on another application though. Or you might be able to fetch it from your Google settings. Uh if you have it authenticated like under your account, that might be something you could retrieve under your account settings. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't I haven't really used Google Authenticator in a long time because I've used one password for several years now. That's fair. Uh, I would like to migrate to Bitwarden. Uh, just because then I can host it myself. But 1Password was finally a solution that got my wife to use a password manager. So I'm I'm happy with sticking to that. Yeah. Uh, and like, I, I, was, I was looking at LastPass's pricing because I was like, okay, well, if they don't, like if they have such a gimped free tier, certainly their paid tiers must be rather cheap. And no, I it's remember- It's like 10 bucks, I think. Well, I I left LastPass to to go to One Password because, uh, because they got bought by by Logman, but they also said that like they were going to be raising their prices because uh at the time it was a dollar a month, and okay. uh, like that's that's fantastic. So I went on their website. Uh, LastPass's pricing for a single user is three dollars per month. So now that in and of itself is 30- already. Yeah, thirty six dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. It, and you you can't pay it monthly. It is it is billed at thirty six dollars a year. Okay. So that's one thing. If you want the family pack, 
Oh no. It is $4 per user per month. Build it $48 a year per user. Okay, so with, with what, a limit of 6 users. What benefits do you get from LastPass besides using it on mobile and and a computer? What benefits do you get from LastPass for a premium membership? So you get one to many sharing. So even under the free tier, you get one to one sharing so that you can share all of your passwords or like individual passwords with other people. Well, with one other person. Um, so that's something, I guess, uh, with the premium tier, you get, you get one to many so that you can share with a bunch of other people. Uh, with the single premium, you get a gigabyte of file storage. Oh boy. Uh, with the family tier, um, every person gets a gigabyte of file storage individually. I would hope so. Uh, as well, as well as unlimited shared folders, so you can organize your shit. Like it, it I guess. Oh, okay. I guess like you can share a folder, a particular folder with certain people. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, and then you get a family manager dashboard where everyone has their own personal password vault with synchronous sharing between accounts. Oh, wow. Wowie. Uh, of course, also with the premium and families additions, both you... Uh, have uh, the added features of security dashboard and score with each of your passwords being being rated in their quality, uh, which like every password manager does. Dark web monitoring. Again, every password manager does this. And all it is, it's, I, I swear, every dark web monitoring tool out there, all it fucking does is just hook into some API that Have I Been Pwned has. And they, they it just tells you if if your account is listed in a have in the have I been pwned database uh, and then emergency access where you can grant one-time access to your vault to another LastPass user in the event of an emergency or crisis, which I, I hope that that's like something like a dead man switch where like it, it prompts you about it or sends you an email. And then if you don't respond within seven days, then the other person gets access. And it's not like, if you're locked in the trunk of a car, you have to remember to pull out your phone and transfer your account details to somebody else. Um, in any case, uh, almost all those features are included in one passwords families bundle thing. Uh, whereas that one is $5 a month. Yeah. But it's also for five people. Yeah, so, so each was... individual person is paying a dollar a month. Now, granted, between two people, that means that you know you're paying like what is it, two fifty a month per person? But mm -hmm. like it goes down for each person in the family. So, so I was um, I was looking at Bitwardens, and the the you can get a free account for an individual, and that's just one to one. You don't get to share with other people for the free account. However, yeah. there is a free two-person org that you can share. So you can create one for you and a friend or partner. Um, so you can get a free two-person one-to-one thing. It's just not the basic free account. It is the free organization account, which I guess is different. 
Um, for a premium individual account, so one person, uh, it's $10 a year. Um, you gain access to premium features like advanced two-factor authentication, emergency access, Bitwarden authenticator, and more. Uh, and then if you want to upgrade from the free two-person organization, you can do the family organization, which is up to six users, and it's $3.33 a month for up to six users. So it's actually a little bit more expensive than LastPass. Uh, yeah. but, but it's, it's up to six users and the free account is better than last pass free account. Um, and, yeah. and if you want the, the premium account, you can just pay $10 a year instead of, uh, 36, <laughs> which is, or you can host lot. it all yourself if you're, if you're so inclined and then you don't have to worry about any of that. Yep. Yeah. You can do an, the enterprise has a self-help or self-host option. Well, which is really cool. So, yeah, uh, I think that uh, don't use LastPass. <laughs> yeah, my... like there, there are so many other options out there that cost less and have more features. I just genuinely don't understand why anyone would use LastPass at this point. Uh, name, name, basically, that's it. Yeah, it, like uh, name recognition is really the only, yeah, the only thing I could come up with, and. Let, yeah, that's just dumb. I want to make Connor happy. Connor, do you want to be happy? I, you know, I do. I've wanted that since I was a teenager. <laughs> They're making a new Splinter Cell. They're making a Splinter Cell remake. Oh boy! I, I, I'm. It's a I'm, remake. Yeah, yeah they're remaking the first one, and I am cautiously not getting excited until we can actually see anything with it because yeah. I know better. Yeah, you. I you can't need wait to know for better. these. The what? The NFTs. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that. Um, something to look forward <laughs> Your to. Your copy of Sam Fisher could have bright blue LEDs on his suit for a small investment of, I don't know, $20,000. Does that sound good for an NFT? Yeah, yeah, the something you'll, like that. The only person with that particular copy of those blue LEDs. Oh, so fucking stupid. So... Uh, <laughs> Ubisoft has announced this week that its Toronto studio will be starting work on a Splinter Cell remake. Although not confirmed, presumably developers are remastering the franchise's first game. It's currently in a very early stage, and Ubisoft Toronto is still recruiting for the project. Um, I really hope they get uh, Michael Ironside to redo his lines, or they just use the original lines. Because I Blacklist wasn't a terrible game. Uh, but it did not feel right having Sam Fisher not played by Michael Ironside. We could just not have Sam Fisher, you know? If it, it doesn't have to be that specific one. Michael Ironside is an old man, and if they want to continue doing the path of the mocap uh, voice acting and stuff, you've got to find someone else to do it. Well, and, and here's the thing, uh, and here's another thing, no. is um, for for Blacklist, Michael Ironside wanted to do it, and Ubisoft apparently wanted him to do it, uh, but he had throat cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was like, you know, every, I, I was upset that it wasn't Michael Ironside. And then I found that out and I was like, fine, I understand. <laughs> like, I get it. No, they, they should have just had Sam Fisher have throat cancer. I mean, they, <laughs> they could have done that, but I think that he probably was, you know, busy going through chemo. Uh, but, 
but sneak into the nuclear operations lab. Okay, I'm gonna get my dagger. <laughs> uh, the 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 good thing about it is that uh, he he apparently has has made a full recovery. So good good thing for for him. Uh, while the company didn't outright say that this is a remake of the first game uh, in the stealth action series, that's the only game the interview mentions explicitly. Uh, producer Matt West said that they're rebuilding it from the ground up in Ubisoft's Snowdrop engine, improving its graphics and updating its design to match player comfort and expectations while keeping the original spirit. West has confirmed the remake would be linear like the original version and not open world. Here's the thing, though. I would not be surprised if they did uh, the first three games as a pack. Yep. That those are and i'd be okay with that too make it do what they did with the uh, grand theft auto except don't uh totally bungle the whole thing up It'll yeah fuck it up don't yeah, don't don't make fuck a it mistake up. and um, everything will be fine uh the original splinter cell is i mean it's certainly showing its age but it even to this day has features that you expect to see in shooters let alone stealth adventure games uh pandora tomorrow has great interactions with combat that aren't just sneaking around like it gives you the option sometimes the necessity to be a combatant like a trained soldier would be and then chaos theory obviously is just the best for its not not open world but explorable world it's a it's a sandbox in the sense that you can go nuts with how you choose to get from point a to point b you can go nuts with how you choose to stab people with your knife one of the splinter cell games I remember watching, I think it was a Kroby Cat video, uh, showing that like you could shoot a hole in a fish tank mm-hmm. and the water would drain down to where the hole is, but not Direct going X. lower. That uh, that is Splinter Cell One. I'm it, like, so that's the sort of things they were thinking about. They know you're not going to be unloading your magazine. Hopefully, I'm. I'm. There's a cat. That decided to jump on my lap while I'm doing this podcast. What are you doing, girl? Hi. <laughs> oh Being yeah, you're just you're just gonna you're just gonna stand there, huh? Okay. Good spot for you. Yep. Okay. Sometimes she'll rub her face against the microphone. That's always fun too. Stop pressing the space bar. <laughs> I'm trying to record a podcast. Did he pause the recording? No, she scrolled the page down. Well, she Stop just it. wants to help you get on to the rest of the article. <laughs> we're going to... Uh, that's it. That's basically she it. They're, they're remaking done, it. Though. Yeah, they're remaking it. We're going to move on, and we're going to talk about some uh, some NFTs. Fucking stupid. So here's the thing. You know, you know how a lot of people <laughs> shit on Peter Molyneux, and, and they like say physically? he's... I fucking wish. <laughs> just, I want him to walk just... Just walk somewhere and somebody just poops on him. Hello, um, everybody. I'd like to welcome you all to my new game. I am going to lay on the floor and you will all squat over. Yeah, give me money. I don't care. Just, just um, shit on me. Now, no, a lot of people like uh, Guru Larry will shit on Peter Molyneux because Peter Molyneux tends to overpromise in his games. Get on uh, what? And, and realistically, I... I mean, yes, the the games he has made have been overhyped. Like Fable, a lot of people like the Fable series. I was 
not impressed with it because Peter Molyneux had had amped it up so much and it wasn't what he had amped it up to be. Uh, so I went in with higher expectations than what the game could provide. And then uh, he came out with a couple other games. Like he came out with that, uh, that well, the cube where everyone was just drawing on a cube. I remember uh, that one. He came out with Goddess. Well, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't drawing. They were like trying to break. It, it, it was like Minecraft, but it was one big block. Yeah, yeah, and like everyone else in the world was all tapping on the cube at the same time. I was. I did that. I yeah, tapped it, was, it once or twice. Yeah, it was neat. It was a neat idea. Um, and then like somebody was able to win something from the cube, and then that guy well, they won became s- the god. Well, yeah, but they were also supposed to get some physical stuff and some money, and they never got that. Never got it. Oh, I, th- I thought that the only prize was just that they became God. Nope. There were more. There was actual physical prizes that he was supposed to get that he did uh, not get. Probably because they ran out of money. Probably. But then uh, they came out with Goddess. And uh, that game was another one. It was like a Kickstarter. It did okay. It technically released. Uh, there was a it lot was of shitty bad. things. It was a lot of, lot of bad. Um. And oh, and people yeah. have been have been claiming that Peter Molyneux is like a con artist and and he's there to scam money and I was like, kind of defending him, but like, no, I I thought he was just overzealous. I don't, I don't think he's a scam artist. Yeah, I don't think I, he's a scam artist. I think he's just stupid. Yeah. Uh. No. No. He's totally a scam artist. So. Um, <laughs> he is now. He is now. He he. I, any respect I had for Peter Molyneux is now gone, because Peter Molyneux created a new game <clears throat> or started to create a new game called Legacy which is selling uh NFTs blockchain business sim legacy has sold <laughs> 53 million dollars in land NFTs before the game even released it is it is literally just a a, a microtransaction game yep for from the description that that is shown here and the way that this sounds like it's yep. that every the the entire in-game economy is built around actual money uh which is fucking dumb and he made 53 million dollars <laughs> peter molyneux Man, can uh, you imagine people spending tens of millions of dollars for content in a game that isn't out yet oh man can you imagine uh, uh. That, uh, it would be like if somebody uh, would release like JPEGs of something and then sold that for like a thousand dollars. It just yeah, it or like or or like if a game was still in like the Kickstarter phase and was like, "Hey, you want to spend three thousand dollars on this virtual ship?" Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> who, would, who would do that? Who would do something like that? It's insane. It's insane. Um, we're There's talking no about bad Star time Citizen. to tell you guys that I've gotten like really into Eve Online lately. <laughs> Eve Online <laughs> is is an actual game though. Uh, so this this story is from Massively.com. It says if you feel strongly about another game making money off of concepts of internet spaceships, then you might have some uh, feelings about Peter Molyneux and his studio Twenty Two Cans. Their latest game the Legacy. Joke I did. Yep. Their latest game, Legacy, a self-described blockchain business sim. Yeah, it's a fucking blockchain business sim for them. 
Uh, let's players build and manage, managing, manage company towns, create products, and compete with other players to maximize profits while keeping workers in the town happy. The blockchain aspect is tied to the ownership of digital land where players start their towns. Uh, plots of lands are NFTs purchased with Legacy Coin, a newly minted cryptocurrency that is linked to the Ethereum blockchain. The idea is of course. that. Of course. The idea is that products are uh, are sold successfully during events and business partnerships granted with other players who share a portion of the legacy coin, uh, and their profits will result in real world profit. Ultimately, this means owning land is a big part of Legacy's whole scheme, and that scheme has already proven to be a successful rat trap, as land NFT sales have already uh, hit over forty million euros or fifty three million dollars. Without any really actual game release, we need to make the real coin on this NFT thing. I know, yeah. God. Um, like, I'll like look. It, it they have a link to the website in in the word legacy in the in that first paragraph. Yeah. There's nothing here. This looks like a shitty free to play mobile game that you would like get ads for right alongside like housescapes or whatever, and and like. To, to fucking shitty idle games or whatever like this just looks like a mobile city builder and even the description in this article just makes it sound like it, it's clash of clans yeah or, or something like that it says on the but... last it, it says on the last paragraph massively.com wants to point out that 22 cans doesn't exactly have a sterling record uh release history the studio kicked out god games goddess and goddess wars onto steam early access both of which haven't been updated in five years and released a mobile title known as the trail which reportedly had some serious microtransaction issues on mobile oh, though the steam version is apparently yeah so apparently the steam version is devoid of those problems occurred according to user reviews considering earning money and legacy is hinging on the game actually releasing and players buying the game this all might strike as a little fishy. So, don't the the trail is that was published by Congregate. I didn't even I didn't even consider who actually developed it. Yeah, somebody in the comment also, section. Also, this looks like shit. Yeah, it does. Somebody in the comment section said that not surprising, considering the shroud of the Avatar model was. Oh wait, no, that was Richard Garriott. Strange that Garriott isn't on the same bandwagon. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I still have a a little bit of respect for Richard Garriott. Um, yeah, I forgot about Shroud of the Avatar. I I had did that, it. Did that did that come out? Yeah, it's out, man. It's free to play. I think huh. I think there was a. We were talking before the uh, podcast about a uh, YouTuber that we watch that does uh, a series on basically free-to-play games, worst MMO ever, and uh, that's one of the games that he played was uh, was Shroud of the Avatar. Yeah. Sweet mother of God, $900 is the cheapest price for a town in Shroud of the Avatar. Yeah, that's fucking dumb. Yep. <sighs> All right, and we... We have the people who buy this shit are the people on like Twitch streams that just come in and casually donate like eleven $1 hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, 
Why didn't? Why can't I have that? Why can't people come and donate that much money to me? Um, I'll get like a hundred bits, and I'm like, yay, a dollar! Woo! Um, so NFTs—they're the big rage right now. Uh, we have we have Peter Molyneux getting on it. Uh, Richard Garriott's probably gonna start a game with it. Uh, but we also have one of Connor's favorite game series, or one of his favorite games, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. Stalker, they're releasing Stalker 2 eventually. And uh, they were going to create some Stalker 2 NFTs. How do you feel about that, Connor? Uh, I like the eventual response. <laughs> um, uh, this is from Destructoid. It says, uh, in what is becoming an increasingly teachable moment for game studios, Stalker 2, tune, Stalker 2 went all in on NFTs on Twitter and were met with a less-than-celebratory reception. While the original tweet was deleted, we saved a version of it so that you can view it. Uh, it says, We did choose NFT as a technology. It, we did choose NFT? It's a new technology, and we are eager to do NFT right. Give certain fans an opportunity to get into the game without uh, interfering with other players' experiences. That's why the tokens are entirely optional and have no impact on the gameplay or story uh and then it went on and uh people were not happy people fucking hate <laughs> nfts um so it says the it message makes me was so fucking happy too yeah the message was long and convoluted there are assurances that essentially amounted to trust us nothing bad will happen and it'll not impact gameplay implementation of gloves tattoos skins badges and collectible cards were mentioned in passing and it said it will not impact gameplay uh following the hard nft sell fans imploded brian altano of ign had one of the most seething responses if you can't fund your game without scamming your audience into buying NFTs, you should probably scrap your game, which got some support <laughs> from the community. Uh, from there, the game's official account went into damage control, and a few of the defenses, unlike the big missive, were not deleted. A uh, little over an hour later, we got a follow-up message that said, Whoa, 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 we hear you. Based on the feedback we received, we made a decision to cancel anything NFT-related in Stalker 2. Please don't kill us with spikes. Uh, the interests of our fans <laughs> and players are the top priority of the team. We're making this game for you to enjoy whatever the cost is. If you care, we care too. So they did come out. Uh, people were mad. And unlike some companies, uh, they they listened. But to be fair, I mean, Stalker 2 uh, might have been able to make more than $53 million off of NFTs. So why not? Well, they would have. Yeah. They would have. And I, I, I get I get why they wanted to try it. Oh yeah. They, like, and, and they really make no, they, they make it no secret in their statement down at the bottom that like they wanted to do it because it's essentially free money. Like they put zero effort into doing anything and people will give them a ton of money because people are stupid. Like yeah. it, it's literally the same thing as that, uh, there was a there was a, a cryptocurrency a few years back that was literally made, and this is not Dogecoin. This is something I've, else. Okay. Uh, it was it was made as a scam. The dude like would go on Twitch and stream and go, yeah, you can buy it, but you're, there's no, there's nothing to get out of it. It's just a scam. I just made it up. 
it, none of it's real. If you buy it, you're stupid, and people were buying it. So he was just getting money out of people buying this cryptocurrency that had no purpose. Like, people, I don't know what it is about crypto. Like, they they want so badly for these things that don't exist to be worth a lot of money. And yeah. they are willing to throw their life savings at, at this concept. Well, and I, think, and I think a big part of it is everybody wants to, like, 10 years ago, we all heard about Bitcoin. And none of us bought it. Yeah. And we heard about Ethereum. And you bought a little bit, but... Uh, I, you I, know, I made a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like, like we made a little bit of money. Like you made a little bit of money on that. I made a little bit of money on Dogecoin. But everybody wants to be in on the next big thing. Like they want to put the money in, and then in five years be like, I'm able to retire. Uh, and I think that has a lot to do with kind of our culture. Like we see money as if you have money, you are successful. Um, doesn't matter what you really do in life if you have money you are successful and so and also like you all three of us have debt connor has a lot of debt i have a lot of debt i think aroa has less debt than we do but still you know he's buying a house and everything well, i was gonna say it depends on like yeah. what you consider debt because yeah, i do kind of <laughs> yeah, i yeah. own a house <laughs> yeah you own you own a house and you're buying a new car like a brand new car um yeah so like we all have debt and part of being an american is just having thousands upon thousands of dollars in debt and having no way of paying it off because we don't get paid enough money to actually pay off our debt um so being able to look at that and say man if i if i invest a thousand dollars if i would have invested a thousand dollars in bitcoin 10 years ago I wouldn't have any debt and I would be retired right now. And yeah. people are looking at that and being like, maybe this is the next Bitcoin or even if it's not the next Bitcoin, maybe it's the next Ethereum. And yeah. they, they want to be in on that and try to make that money back. Uh, but I think like this is even more of a scam than cryptocurrency. <laughs> like it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so bad. Just here's a picture don't worry, that picture's totally unique. Bullshit. Well, it's all bullshit. Nathan, have, even... have you seen my, my monkey icon? Doesn't it look <laughs> not like any other monkey icon that you've ever seen out there? Looks exactly well, the well, same. It, it, it doesn't matter because like like that's the, that's a big misconception with NFTs. It's not that the it, that the thing itself is unique. It is that that, that you have a certificate. The NFT is not the thing. The NFT is the certificate of authenticity that says you own that thing. That's all it is. It's mm -hmm. so dumb. It's, um, you're, you, people are paying millions of dollars for the little sticker that used to come on the side of Xbox games. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The serial number. That's all it is. You're getting a serial number. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, like it's, that really is it. Let's let's move on to the last one because I don't want to give NFTs any more time. Um, so uh, uh, VR let's grabbing boobs, huh? sexual harassment instead. Yeah, let's let's yeah. go talk about sexual harassment. Let's end um, in a story that makes everyone in a good mood. So, and, and this has been a problem I thought since like 
VR became a thing. Uh, okay, I realistically, it's been a problem since humanity. Well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, the metaverse has a... I fucking hate that word. The metaverse has a groping problem already. A woman was sexually harassed on Meta's VR social media platform, and she's not the first, nor will she be the last. Um, Yeah, of course this has happened. This has definitely happened, because people are worthless. Um, What, what happened here? I think Aroa posted this. Was it Aroa? I was the one who saw it, and... As soon as I read it, I'm just like, well, I guess we need to have this conversation because they're making us have this conversation now. Uh, As we tiptoe closer and closer into this stupid bullshit metaverse, we are going to be having more and more occurrences such as this. Whether it's, I don't remember the lady's name, we should probably say that for, you know, authenticity's sake. But she was giving a demonstration and people were just coming, like, in front of her family. And people were just, like, coming up and groping her. (laughs) <laughs> and what do we do about that in VR? It, it seems like we should have a uh, an, a no 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 kind of uh, I'm gonna just turn you off option. But oh, you mean you mean like how in VR chat there's a feature that is on by default called uh, I think the the comfort zone mm-hmm. uh, where no one can get within like three feet of you, and if they yeah. do, they just disappear. Yeah, we need these sort of solutions implemented because. I don't know, humanity's garbage. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um The problem that... is not natively with any sort of VR slash AR hybrid environment. The issue is you have stupid ass shit people on it. You, yeah, you it have says, humans at yeah, the end says, of the day and you have it, to mitigate them. It says here, uh Meta's internal review of the incident found that the beta tester should have used a tool called Safe Zone. That's part of the, it's already part of the suite. It's part of a suite of yeah. safety features built into Horizon Worlds. Safe Zone is a protective bubble users can activate when feeling threatened. Within it, no one can touch them, talk to them, or interact in any way until they signal that they would uh, like the safe zone lifted. Um, I don't know if that's exactly not, what. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound. It's not. Yeah, like it doesn't sound exactly great. Uh, the vice, uh, it says, Vivek. It's a block everyone button. Yeah, Vivek Sharma, the vice president of Horizon, called the groping incident absolutely unfortunate. Hmm. Maybe not the correct word to use. Uh, that's good feedback still for us because uh, I want to make the blocking feature trivial, trivially easy and findable. Uh, it's not the first time a user has been groped in VR, nor, unfortunately, will it be the last. But the incident shows that until companies work out how to protect participants, the metaverse can never be a safe place. Um, I mean, I like the, you said the VR chat, um, uh, where where you just can't get within that bubble. I think that's probably the best way to go about that, in my opinion. Hello? And I I have some ideas <laughs> about, like... I'm sorry, I just... Go on, Connor. As far as, like, effective solutions, I have some ideas, but I think they all tiptoe into fascism, unfortunately. Oh, that's fine. Uh, we are like, a fascist podcast. That's... But, like, I imagine if somebody is in these virtual landscapes, whatever comes next, uh, and they get, you know, offenses on them, is there a list somewhere server side that says, okay, this user has 10 strikes on them. You know, we need to lower their rating and what they can interact with. Are we going to um, have credit scores on VR eventually? You, you know what game has that already? 
VR, VR chat. Right. I figured it out. Um, right. uh, VR chat has a reputation system that is, uh, it's based on your interactions with the community. Mm -hmm. Um, and then individuals can set their default, uh, like interaction, like level, uh, based on other players' uh, score. So, like, you can set it to where anyone who is of like a, a tier three, whatever that's called, or higher, they're automatically able to talk to you. You can see their avatar and they can get close to you. Uh, and anybody under that, uh, you can granularly set, like, maybe you don't want to see whatever their custom avatar is. You don't want to hear them talk. You don't want them to be able to get near you, uh, whatever. You Maybe you don't want to see them at all. Um, yeah. And you can even do that. Like, for, they... for all of the shit that VRChat gets about being a, a uh, furry haven, um, they do a lot that that works pretty well in terms of of getting rid of this sort of interaction it is also just really fucking weird to me though and maybe it's because i'm a man i'm gonna go with it being that it's just weird that people feel violated whenever they have virtual interactions with other people i mean yes i agree I, i'm like... not trying to like victim blame or say that the woman no. shouldn't feel offended because like that's just it's stupid and annoying and there should be easy ways to block people in these situations like facebook yeah. is ultimately at fault sorry meta facebook is ultimately at fault here but it's I... It, like i was reading the 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 statement from the from the woman and i'm sitting here like i it, i don't understand yeah, why like... you get so upset like and 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 i agree i'm again we can't minimize uh what like her experience but like um i can't wrap my head around it um but I, yeah. just I, just I because i agree I, that yeah that I, nobody should feel like they can't use these services without having to go through harassment you know yeah i, I don't think that's yeah. too much right, I, right i agree with that too yeah but like just because i don't understand like why some like why somebody feels some way doesn't mean that they don't feel that way and that we shouldn't well, and, and, find a way to fix that. And I guess maybe the real answer or response to to that thinking is that this is probably why we need more women in development, because it's probably the way that this is, because maybe like one person along the line said, maybe we should have some kind of button to make it so that you you're not you're you cannot get harassed anymore uh because like it, development is mostly dudes and most dudes probably are going to think the same way that that we are and and that meaning they're not going to think about the situation they're not going to consider this being yeah. a thing yeah uh it, um it, like very similar to final fantasy 14 actually final fantasy 14 has a a marriage component and when I learned about that, I thought that that was just that that's neat and kind of cute. Uh, my wife and sister-in-law, however, both said that's fucking creepy. I was like, well, how is that creepy? Like, it's completely consensual. The reasoning is because that's going to lead to dudes who like find a girl in a group or whatever. And, and maybe they like the girl 
and want to get married. It's going to lead to them. They're going to. It's going to lead to them pressuring that girl into marrying them in the game, and that's fucking weird and gross. And that comes from their experience in playing MMOs most of their lives and having dudes that are really fucking creepy online. And that's just an experience we're not going to have because we're the creepy dudes. Yeah. Well, I would like to say that we're probably not the creepy dudes. I don't think so. At the, at the um, most part, people want to party up. And I was like, no, go away. You never sexually harass nobody online when you some kind of pussy. So not, they, not they, particularly, no. They have had marriage stuff in uh, Final Fantasy XI and Final Fantasy XIV, and they actually have some good benefits, by the way. Um, I think I think it's cool as hell, but yeah, it, that would be getting we're getting off track with that. But but, but I still want to say uh, it says uh, Final Fantasy XI you could only uh, do between male and female. Um, yeah. Final Fantasy XIV. It says this includes players and characters of the same gender. There are no restrictions on who you can profess your vows to as long as you and your partner meet the requirements for the wedding quest in game. You also uh, get to invite your honored guests to the ceremony to share the special day with them. Um, so, and I love that they have like cool. scheduled times whenever mm -hmm. you can do it. Like it, 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 the whole thing is just really neat. And, but at the same time, I also understand that, like, there there's an Jesus. element to that that I never would have considered. Yeah, and it says here, and yeah, I'm getting off track, but I I, I have never read about the wedding ceremony in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, you and your partner can invite, invite a number of guests to the wedding. You each have 40 invitations that you can send out for a total of 80 guests. That's more people <laughs> than I would expect at an actual wedding. Um, well, the waiting lobby... lobby I, I assume it's so that you can invite your free company. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, there and there's also other things like I'm sure that they have other things that you can do. I know in Final Fantasy XI, like you had a ring, so you could like teleport to the person or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That they have right. that, and like also you get to pick the venue. There are like three or four different venues that you can choose mm -hmm. from. It says after the wedding, you and your partner will have eternity rings. And you can use these rings to teleport to the Aetherite crystal, crystal nearest to your partner. You'll also have your wedding anniversary to look forward to while you'll revisit the Ties That Bind quest in a special way. I wonder what that special way is, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, you unlock some special slash commands. <laughs> but, I, but, I could, oh, but I could see that... I could see that being weird for for uh, you know people online being like, it, well, we're friends. We won't. Why don't we get married in game? Because I did have like Final Fantasy Eleven. I knew people that were married in game, and it was always a little awkward. Um, yeah, but and, and for people who like try to play video games as an escape from the real world, and whenever that real world often involves getting kind of harassed. You know, whenever you're just trying mm -hmm. to hang out in like a public place, I can understand why you'd be wary of a system like that existing because it it exists to incentivize that sort of interaction in some people's minds. Well, and guys online are so weird. Um, They're so weird. I knew I knew two people that were men in real life, and they pretended to be women on Final Fantasy XI because they got free stuff. Like, yeah. guys would just give them I, free stuff all the time. And I won't lie, I play as women in video games, and it's mostly because it's just easier for me to objectify my character that way. But, like, I 
I can't say that I've ever pretended to be a girl. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think at, uh, at least, I, like not openly. I would like to think now more people are privy to the fact that if you have a female character online, you're probably still a dude. Uh Yeah. But, you know, like I guess it, Final Fantasy 11 was one of the earlier MMOs, so people were just dumb and they still are and don't harass people. I I think that's the main thing oh, is don't harass people yeah. online or in real life or anything. Like only <laughs> only grab people's boobs if they want you to grab their boobs. Like if they're cool with it, yeah. like you get consent. Um it's uh it's, yeah. It, it is interesting how we're going to discover all of these weird interactions happening in a more mainstream format. Right. Like these things that have been happening in like online games for years and years now and in like forums and shit. And now that something like Facebook is, is trying to put the same sort of system out there we're we're going to find people like just being weird, gross assholes in, in the, the so-called metaverse, which well, is and I could... such a, stupid fucking term but like know. i would like to think if i were in that in that group that was creating it like i would probably be like now nah, we need to we need to put in something like that and all the other guys would be like no that's not gonna happen i'm like no nah, it's totally gonna happen like that's definitely going to happen it. yeah i have not done it shut up um <laughs> but yeah so that's it. That's our, our, our stories for the day. I want to thank you for being here, Aurora. Yep, I was here. I want to thank you for being here, Connor. Sorry about that time I got distracted. I was reading an article about security. Okay. And I am, of course, your host, Nathan Reince Ruth. We'll be back. We'll be, be back next week. Yes, we will be back next week because next week is the day after Christmas. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. You you know you guys realize we haven't ever talked about log4j.